Super Talk Mississippi media production. Record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke Off, he'll be back Thursday. Kelly will be joining me later. He's at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. His annual trek up there. We'll be talking to Kelly in the last half of the show. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joining us as well uh, in a bit. And we're about to talk to the Senior Associate Athletic Director at Louisiana Tech University about the upcoming Conference USA Baseball Tournament. But a quick reminder, the opening segment of our show is sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour. And we encourage you to enjoy their delicious food seven days a week the next time you have a taste for barbecue. Glad you're with us around the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Network this afternoon, online, wherever you may be. Our first guest today is Paul Cabas. He is the Senior Associate Athletic Director at Louisiana Tech University. In case you haven't heard, there's a lot going on at Louisiana Tech right now as we're on the eve of the 2021 Conference USA Baseball Championship Tournament. And, uh, Paul, we're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Thanks very much for coming on. Bob, thank you for having me. Look forward to catching up with you. Well, we're looking forward to this conversation. I, I know that the I know that the university's been through a lot over the last couple of years with the uh, tornado that damaged, uh, I guess, basically destroyed your baseball field. But now you have a brand new, beautiful baseball complex. You're hosting the Conference USA Baseball Tournament, and you have four teams ranked in the latest uh, USA Today coaches poll: top twenty-one, Southern Miss sixteen, Charlotte nineteen, Louisiana Tech twenty. Old Dominion 21, nationally ranked. This should be quite a tournament. And I wanted to ask you, first of all, what what does this moment mean for Louisiana Tech and, of course, your fine baseball program? Oh, it's just incredible for our student-athletes and the coaches. That's where it means the most first. those kids. We have a lot of guys who are six super seniors this year, as we like to call them, who you know were with us when the tornado hit on April 25th of 2019. Our guys were actually playing at McNeese that night and on their way to Houston to play a game when the tornado came through here at about 1.45 in the morning and totally devastated baseball, softball, and soccer. And so for those guys to deal with the tornado two years ago, COVID last year, shortening their season, and then this year, the opportunity to be ranked in the top 25 for majority of the season and then to host the conference championship this Wednesday through Sunday, it's just really, really sweet for those kids. And as an administrator, just reminds you that that's why we're here to serve these young men and women and to give them awesome opportunities like they're going to have this weekend it's almost storybook isn't it that you're having the tournament there you got a brand new stadium and you're in the top 25 we kind of have to pinch ourselves every once in a while you know small (laughs) moments in the sense of having a chance to host arkansas for a three-game series this year and beating them one game and they've been number one for how many weeks in a row here and then old miss comes in a couple of days later and then beating them 11 to 1 in a game and obviously we've had some great battles with your ball club here and split that four-game series here in Ruston. And hopefully that we're playing each other on Thursday night as well, too. But it's, there's going to be some really, really good baseball in Ruston for five days straight. And ticket sales have been outstanding so far. 
a lot of those folks are Southern Miss fans and Louisiana Tech fans who are buying up the most of them, but that's how it should be with the proximity of where we're located at. So we look forward to seeing a lot of yellow and red and blue in the stands this weekend. Right, and behalf of all Southern Miss fans that listen to the show around the state, congratulations on that uh, skull dragging you did at Ole Miss up there. We all uh, we we probably enjoyed that as much as you did. Well, it was it was fun. It was fun. I'll say that much. You don't get the opportunity to beat the SEC schools like that. So anytime you can do that, we were launching fundraising campaigns the day after that happened. So we were trying to capitalize on every single opportunity that we have. Paul, could any of us have imagined at the start of the year when when we found out that the tournament was going to be at Tech, could we have imagined that we would have four teams in the top 21 uh, from from the conference competing uh, in this tournament? Clearly, this is the strongest field maybe in the history of the CUSA baseball tournament. Yeah, and just talking to some of the coaches, I actually just saw all eight, eight head coaches were doing little things of dropping off welcome baskets and doing courtesy cars for them. And I actually just had a chance to talk to all eight head coaches in the last two hours, and they repeated the same thing. They said it's so good for the league. It's such great exposure for these kids. Um, To answer your question, we probably didn't think that. I I probably didn't think that. But I think there's some head coaches in this league, top to bottom, who knew how strong it was going to be coming in. But for half of the field to be ranked in the top 21, as you mentioned, it's phenomenal exposure. And I was talking to Coach Barry yesterday and then one of your associates this morning, and none of us should overlook Florida Atlantic. I think we all agree that's the dark horse right here that uh, could create a lot of noise in the next few days. Oh, without a doubt. We're worried about UTSA tomorrow. I mean, right. we, they played us in some tough series. And so, and even Middle Tennessee, they're the eighth seed, but their number one starter can go out and pitch. So Charlotte will be ready for them tomorrow too. So it's, no game's going to be easy this week. Um, but it's again, it's going to be some phenomenal baseball here in Ruston, Louisiana. Paul, tell tell our listeners around the state of Mississippi what the ticket situation is as you and I are speaking uh, for the yeah. for the tournament. Yeah, so we put all tournament passes on sale at the beginning of the month. That was one hundred and seventy five dollars, and that gets you maximum games you can watch here for the tournament is fifteen. The minimum that you'll watch is thirteen, just based on scenarios. Um, and then actually Sunday this week we released, if folks say, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it to all those games, or maybe I'm driving up from Hattiesburg or wherever it may be for one game, it's $30 for a single session, which gets you, um, so tomorrow we got four games and it'll split it into two sessions. So the morning session and the afternoon session, and then the same thing on Thursday too. So I actually just got off the phone with our ticket office before you and I started talking and um, we will be close to a sellout tomorrow night um, for our 4 p.m. game against uh, UTSA. I, I would hope to, that our fans would stick around and see your ball club play, but some of them may not want to stick around for that with family and kids and things like that. But our, our 4 p.m. game tomorrow night will be close to a sellout. And I hope our two clubs are doing battle at 7.30 on Thursday because I can almost guarantee you that one will be a sellout just with the history between the two programs. Yeah, that'd be pretty exciting. Uh, can you give us some indication as to how many tickets Southern Miss fans have purchased? That's a great question. So total, our seating capacity that we have here at J.C. Love Field at Pat Patterson Park is about 2,100 seats. We do have some berm area, which allows you to create some flexibility on that. Our season ticket holders snatched up a lot. Um, I can tell you that Louisiana Tech is the number one buyer for this tournament, but far and away, Southern Miss is the number two buyer. So we are very grateful that your fans have wanted to embrace this. I know the last couple of years you all have made Biloxi your home and turned that into a home event. Um, so I don't know the exact number, but I know you guys have been fast and furious on the phone. And you guys also do a good job on social media. We've put out some 
paid advertising posts, and I'm almost sick of looking at the Southern Miss to the Top <laughs> posts on there. You guys, you do an out, your fans do an outstanding job of trying to play those mind games leading up to the competition. Uh, our fans love the baseball program, Paul. There's a, there's a little <laughs> question about that. And, you know, there's so much connection between the two baseball programs, starting with the head coaches. I believe Coach Barry was in Coach Burris's wedding. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, there's so much interaction and, and so much uh, friendship between the baseball programs. It's, it's an incredible rivalry. Well, I'm calling Coach Burroughs last night to ask him last-minute questions. He said, Hey, I'm at dinner with Coach Barry, socially distanced, of course, but we're at dinner. Can I call you back afterwards? I said, yeah, I know he's your guy, Coach. You go spend time with him, but then just remind him that if you guys are playing on Thursday, you still need to go out and throw your ace and try and win a ball game. But that's, <laughs> that's the neat thing about the connections here. And I think there's a lot of mutual respect amongst these head coaches. Um, and even just saw the Charlotte coach, too. I mean, they've, they've had a heck of a year, and what they've done to build that program and Coach Woodard's second year there has been very, very impressive. We were hoping that uh, Tech would hold their best pitchers for the other games and, and throw maybe a couple reserve guys if if we play you tomorrow <laughs> night. Any chance of that, Paul? I learned as an administrator a long, <laughs> long time ago to never ask the coaches about rotations. or And I was a baseball student athlete back in my day about 12, 11 years ago. Um, but I, I learned to not ask Coach Burroughs about why he played this guy or why he started this guy my job is to go out there and support those coaches so if you were hoping for some inside information i didn't even ask it because i learned a long time ago i leave the coaches up to that because that's why we pay them to do those jobs and tech remains in the picture to host a regional tournament is there any news i don't know that you would have any but is there anything you can share with us about that possibility no i mean same spot that y'all are in and charlotte's in too we've had continuous conversations with the ncaa and they're doing their checks to make sure from a stadium capacity and media and parking. And we're obviously very fortunate. Our, our stadium's three months old. So we have everything from hitting facility to parking to everything else that is needed. And fans ask me that question, I would say every day, but it's probably closer to every hour now. And I tell them it's pretty simple. Go out and win ball games, and that's your best chance to host a regional. So we feel good about from a facility standpoint where we're at. And then to your point, people talk about RPI until they're blue in the face. Whoever wins this tournament is going to get two to three to four really good RPI wins because at the very least, you know, both of our programs are going to have to go through either Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, and probably Charlotte. Um, so that's what I tell our fans. I said, if we can go out and win some games this weekend, then I, I like our chances to host. But, um, our, I mean, our guys haven't been to a regional in five years, so this is, um, this is a heck of an accomplishment no matter where we play a regional at. Well, I think I speak for all Southern Miss fans when I tell you that we're very happy for Louisiana Tech. We're happy that you have your facility, that you're getting to host the tournament. And and, uh, we really look forward to an an exciting run down there. And I want to thank you very much for taking the time to to talk to the Southern Miss fans this afternoon. Yes, sir. We're excited to have you guys come visit us. And it's always good ball games. And I hope we're we're playing at 730 tomorrow night, or excuse me, on Thursday night. um, Look forward to having all your fans in Ruston this week. All right. Again, thank you very much for your time. Yes, sir. Have a great day. All right. Call Cabas, everybody. Cabas, uh, Senior Associate Athletic Director, Louisiana Tech University. It's just going to be a great tournament. We'll be back.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Paul Cabas, the Senior Associate Athletic Director at Louisiana Tech University, for joining us uh, in the first segment. And my apologies for butchering his name there at the end of the segment. But great guy, as you as you heard. They're very, very excited about having the tournament at Tech. And you have to feel good for the university. A great rivalry with Southern Miss. And they've been through a lot down there. So I think it's, I think it's proper and fitting uh, that the tournament is held there this year. Back at Pete Taylor Park, where it belongs next year, of course. All right, this segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. I'll guarantee you it'll just be a matter of days before they'll have CUSA tournament T-shirts there. Hopefully, they're going to have the uh, the uh, Conference USA Championship T-shirts for the fifth consecutive year for the Golden Eagles. But uh, irregardless, uh, make sure you buy your swag at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. All right, Heath Hinton owns Big Gold Nation. Heath, am I right? Is this going to be year five in a row that uh, – the Golden Eagles either win the tournament or the regular season championship? Well, I think they got a good chance to do it. I really do. Uh, you know, the the Eagles have just as – this is going to be such a fun tournament because of – this isn't just about Conference USA, but this is about seeding on a national level. Right. And when has this conference had this much intrigue, this tournament, with this many teams on a national level talking about seeding and hosting? Well, no question. You know, I was looking this morning at the USA Today coaches poll that just came out uh, last night. Southern Miss, number 16 in the nation. Charlotte, number 19. Tech, number 20. Old Dominion, number 21. Could you have ever envisioned that at the start of the year, Heath? No, I couldn't. And I'm going to tell you something. It's probably a byproduct of Tech and Southern Charlotte, Old Dominion, all having to play each other eight times this season. Right. Eight games that helped that RPI. Right. So even though, you know, COVID kind of messed up the schedule a little bit, probably in the long run, may have helped them out when it comes to RPI and uh, and actual, uh, you know, top 25 rankings. Yeah. So, uh, man, what a weird year. What a weird year. No question. I don't pretend to understand the RPI. In the coaches poll, Old Dominion is ranked 21st. They're number 12 RPI. Charlotte is ranked 19th, 18th RPI. Southern Miss ranked 16th in the coaches poll, 25th RPI. And Louisiana Tech, which is ranked 20th in the coaches poll, has a 29 RPI. But all of that aside, all of these numbers are great and the best they've ever been for Conference USA. Absolutely. When was the last time we'd ever talk about conference USA? Maybe, I don't know, Tulane, Southern Miss, East Carolina back in those days. Right. That was a pretty good baseball conference. But uh, right now it's as good as it's ever been in conference USA. And, man, one more day we get to start this tournament off tomorrow. You and I were talking before you came on the show, and uh, I had this conversation with Coach Barry yesterday and then had this conversation earlier with uh, at the, at the senior AD up there, Mr. Coppas. Uh, the dark horse that all of us have an eyeball on is Florida Atlantic. I, I just think Florida Atlantic is a talented enough program, and I understand they're healthy now. According to Coach Barry, he talked to Coach Mack last week, and they said this is the healthiest they've been since the start of the season. Keep your eyes on Florida Atlantic, and I hear you have them projected to really make a lot of noise. I do. I think they're a team that can swing the bat really well. If they get some of their pitchers pitching well and get them a little healthier, 
you're right. Uh, they're a dangerous team. A lot of people thought that they were going to be one of the top teams coming into the tournament this year out of the regular season in Conference USA. I got them. Look, I know a lot of people laugh. I got them. And on the Big Old Nation, we'll have a, a article out later today talking about picks. But uh, I got them uh, beating Old Dominion in the first round. And, uh, you know, it, it's a – it's a team that's playing well that can swing the ball, swing the bat. Right. And a lot of times, if you can get a team that's really hot to play, it can overcome some pitching deficits. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm telling you, FAU a team to watch out. And the reason Conference USA might actually get five teams in the tournament if they could somehow work their way through and win it. Correct. Well, just three days after the series ended between Southern Miss and Florida Atlantic, the Owls went down to Miami and shut out nationally ranked Miami four to nothing on their home field. Yeah, that's how dangerous they are in a midweek game. So uh, they're a team to keep your eye on. Old Dominion. I mean, there's so many storylines in this. Bob, think of this: Old Dominion is a a team that didn't make a bid. But they're pretty high in RPI, so they win the tournament. They could actually be a one seed and go on the road to a host site that's a number two. And we, you know, Southern Miss knows that you can be a host site and be a number two. Would that take away from a host site, a number one seed for a Conference USA team? Just might. So, so many storylines, so many different things. That's why I'm saying on a national level, when it comes to seeding, when it comes to regional hosts, there's a lot A lot of eyes are going to be on Rustin this week. Let's play out a couple of scenarios here, Heath. Southern Miss, Charlotte, or Louisiana Tech wins the tournament. Does the winner out of those three schools host a regional? I think Charlotte, uh, Southern Miss, yes, for sure would host. Louisiana Tech, I'm 99.9% sure they would host. Uh, yeah, I think the winner of the tournament would end up hosting. More, it would be tougher for La Tech because they're so far, they're a little farther behind in RPI. But I also think if they were to beat Southern Miss twice and then go to the championship and play a, a Old Dominion and beat them, that would really raise their RPI. So I think, yeah, I think of the three teams that are in the top 20, Charlotte, Southern Miss, La Tech, I think if – Either one of those three hosted. I mean, either one of them won the Conference USA tournament. I think they would host. All right, here's scenario number two. Old Dominion or Florida Atlantic wins the tournament. No Conference USA team then is a host? I don't I don't think so. I think they would use that number one seed out of Conference USA, give it to Old Dominion at that point, and send them to, say, a South Carolina as a number one seed at another host school. And I think if FAU was to win it, I think they would get it would be a fifth they would get the fifth conference USA team in. And I think at that point, somebody like a La Tech, if they didn't make a deep run, might be on the outside looking in. I would think not with the way the RPI was this year. But I think because they dropped those two games to Old Dominion that were just kind of, uh, I don't, they were regular season, but they weren't conference games. Those two drop games, the Old Dominion really hurt them. So that could be a, a situation where they might be on the outside looking in, but I don't think they would be. I think at the end, you would get five teams in and probably two of those five 
one would be a one if Old Dominion won at a tra- at a, another host site. Two of them would be twos, and you get a three and a four seed in FAU. I got one more scenario for you. What we've heard over the past few weeks is that if Mississippi State, which they're going to host, and Ole Miss, which it looks like they're going to host, if they both get a tournament, then they wouldn't put a third tournament in Mississippi. But let me throw this scenario, or two more scenarios at you. Ole Miss is basically playing in a play-in game in the SEC tournament with Auburn, right? The winner of that, the winner of that game goes on to the tournament. The loser's done. They're they're no longer in the SEC tournament. Do I have that right? Sure, sure. Uh, Ole Miss loses that game to Auburn, and they don't even really play in the SEC tournament. Past that, do they still host? I don't know. I think it'd be one of those borderline calls for the NCAA tournament. And that's where a Southern Miss could really benefit from something like that because they wouldn't have to look at putting three teams in the state of Mississippi into a regional at that point. So I think in in best-case scenario for Southern Miss, Ole Miss was to go – one and done with Auburn, but I don't think that's—I don't think that's going. Well, that's happen. always going to be the best scenario for, <laughs> for Southern yeah. Miss fans. But well, for Southern Miss, yeah. uh, it's—it's just a. Right. I mean, there's so much happening with the yeah. RPI and with the 20 host sites announced. Those teams fighting is just—they cause—it causes so much intrigue at this point because right. people know the host sites. Right, last so scenario. Who's got to play in? Right, last scenario, and I'm gonna hold you over for another segment if you're good okay. with that. But last scenario, Ole Miss advances into the SEC tournament. They get three or four games into the tournament. Southern Miss roars through the Conference USA tournament as they've done in past years and wins the Conference USA tournament. Do all three Mississippi schools get a host site, or is Southern Miss the, the guy looking outside, inside, basically? I do think that all three would get a host site, and I think that would also give the NCAA a chance to pair Hattiesburg Regional with a uh, Oxford or Mississippi State Regional and keep a Super Regional from two SEC schools being paired together. So I could see, the, yeah, I could see all three teams in the state hosting the regional. How great would that be for the state? All right. Well, first things first, and we'll talk about this on the other side of the break, Heath. First things first, Southern Miss has to beat. <laughs> They have to beat uh, Western Kentucky. And yeah. when you look at that on paper, you say, oh, well, the Golden Eagles beat them three out of four times. Yeah, they did. But they were very close games. And you know that Western Kentucky is going to throw their donkey uh, at the Golden Eagles tomorrow. So when we come back, Heath and I will break down the opening game for the Golden Eagles against Western Kentucky, the bracket that includes uh, – the Hilltoppers, Louisiana Tech, of course, and uh, San Antonio. So more to talk about. It's baseball championship week right here on the Eagle Hour. Heath Hinton returns after this. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Slade and the gang, what a great bunch of people uh, right in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium, home with the 895 lunch, the best shrimp poor boys, I think, in Hattiesburg. 
And you can be sure that every time the Golden Eagles take the field in the Conference USA Baseball Tournament, it will be on all the TVs for the next several days at 4th Street Bar and Grill. So it would be a great place to take in a ball game, enjoy some good food, a cold beer, and uh, good socializing with other Southern Miss fans at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We're talking to Heath Hinton, the owner and proprietor of Big Gold Nation. All right, Heath, you and I, we went through every possible scenario about the tournament, but let's get back to what Southern Miss has to do. And the first thing they have to do is they have to beat Western Kentucky. You know they're going to throw their best pitcher at the Golden Eagles. And, you know, they were here, and the Golden Eagles did win three out of four. They took a pretty good whipping from Western Kentucky in the getaway game on Sunday. But, you know, the games that they won were very, very close. So beating Western Kentucky is not a given. Yeah, in fact, that first game where they started their – uh, there's stud John Cates on the mound. Southern won six to five. And when you talk about Cates, what he did in that game, five and two thirds, seven hits, uh, three runs all earned, struck out four. I mean, he didn't pitch bad. He did not pitch bad against Southern Miss. So, uh, you know, that's a team that Southern Miss, you're going to have to, they're going to have to have the, one of their better games to win this because, Western Kentucky is no slouch. This is one through eight. There, you really you can say yes, it's an upset. But if teams get beat, you can't really be surprised by it because one through eight in this tournament is pretty good. Well, I remember a few years ago when the tournament was actually here, and Florida International was the eighth seed in the tournament, and they walked away with a championship in college baseball. And for me, this is the great thing about college baseball as compared, say, to college football. You know, you can give me scenarios of college football games, and I can tell you with 99% certainty who's going to win that football game. But you can't do that in college baseball, Heath. No, you can't because you never know what pitcher is going to have his stuff working. Right. He may have the best game of his career. The pitcher that's supposed to be uh, technically the better pitcher may be off a little bit. His fastball's up. That's a short porch in uh, at La Tech. That's not a very big field. So uh, deep fly balls that normally would be out, say, at P. Taylor Park and be home runs. So it just depends. I mean, it's uh, it's a lot more competitive as far as good to bad teams in baseball than it is in other sports. There's no question about that, Bob. All right, so we agree the Golden Eagles really have to play well tomorrow night to get by Western Kentucky. Now, let's assume for just a minute that they do that. I got to like I gotta like the matchup of going into the second game. If you can get that first one under your belt with Walker Powell on the mound for the second game. Yes, I do, too. I really do. I think – actually, I think pitching-wise, if you're Southern Miss, you've got to be really happy with where you are. Because even in that last game, uh, Drew Boyd pitched great. It just the rain got him and kind of messed him over there at Florida Atlantic. But he held a really good offensive team down in that game. So, sure. I mean, uh, you've got to look having Walker uh, go in that game, then being, then having Drew, and then maybe if you got to bring Hunter back on a Sunday – you feel like pretty good there if you give him Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to rest, and he can come back and give you something on Sunday. Right. Would you like this scenario of the Golden Eagles jumping out, getting a big comfortable lead against Western Kentucky, and and, and you pull the starter 
after about four innings, let's say, five at the most, rest him up and then let him come back and pitch Sunday? I think you got to go with pitch count. I think you're going to go with pitch count, not – I mean, if he's up, at, if he's if he's only say at seventy pitches, and he's in the sixth inning, you let him pitch. But if you've got a comfortable lead and you're up, you know, eight runs, and you're going into the seventh, uh, the sixth, maybe you pull him. I don't think. I think you you go for the win. You have to get that first win under your belt. If your starter's throwing good, you just got to let him go and finish the game. All right, I, I think the bracket the Golden Eagles are in is going to be tough. Like we just said, you got to beat Western Kentucky. Then you're going to have to beat Louisiana Tech uh, you, maybe twice to, you know, to, to get to the championship. But when you look on the other side of the bracket, and, and there you have uh, 18th-ranked Charlotte, uh, or 19th-ranked Charlotte, uh, 21st-ranked Old Dominion, and then you throw Florida Atlantic into that mix right there. That's a dangerous bracket and one that really I think – Heath, I think hard to predict who will come out of that bracket. I do, too. In fact, we did one. I've got FAU going through the first two rounds. I've got them beating Old Dominion and then playing Charlotte and beating Charlotte in the second round just because of their offense. I think maybe their pitching depth gets to them in the later games. I think that's probably where you're going to see Charlotte uh, or an Old Dominion come out ahead at that point. But the first few games, I think that they're – that they have a very good chance to win a few games. Um, that's a tough bracket. And both sides of the bracket is brutal. Uh, but that top bracket is extremely brutal with those type of teams, and especially when you throw a Florida Atlantic into the Charlotte Old Dominion mix. It's, it, 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 FAU is definitely a wild card uh, going, into that, going into this tournament, and you can't take them lightly. What can you tell us about the pitching staffs of uh, Old Dominion and Charlotte? Really good uh, starters. Uh, teams that they like to go deep with their starters. Um, both teams have, you know, maybe not as deep as Southern Miss with pitching, but they've got a lot of guys on the team that have been there for a while, juniors, seniors. So veteran group that may not have overpowering stuff, but also know how to pitch. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that'll help you have a lot, especially in tournaments, who yeah. don't get rattled who, uh, when they get to later innings and maybe they give up a double with one out. Yeah. They can keep a level head. So those are the type of pitching stats you're going to see from those two. Here's what we haven't touched on, but in this, in, am I right about this? The youngest team in the tournament is the Golden Eagles. Yeah, as crazy as that is. The youngest team, and that's what's so exciting about this Southern Miss team. You look at them going forward, except for two pitchers, you know, pretty much everybody's back. Right. And uh, that depends on if Gabe decides to go on ahead and test the uh, professional waters. I could see that. But uh, a lot of those guys should come back next year. I mean, this is a, a young, talented Golden Eagle team and the youngest team of the contenders in the tournament which is exciting, but also, you know, young players do make mistakes, but this team's been playing so well all year, I don't think they're going to be making those young mistakes in tournaments. Well, take it for what it's worth, I've got a source that's very close to Gabe's family, and they indicated to me on the last weekend out at the Pete that he's leaning toward coming back. We, we hope that's true. Now, let me ask you this. let me ask you this question before we run out of time, Heath. Here's the thing that concerns me a little bit as a fan. 
I think we all know about the four starting pitchers, and we know how good Southern Miss starting pitching is. And I think Ock has been pretty strong out through the year. But when I look back at that FAU game and how once you lost your starter, the bullpen got shelled by Florida Atlantic, does that concern you, the depth of the bullpen? Or was that was or was that a one-off situation? I'm thinking it's a one-off. I think a lot of it was, if you look back at the starters before that, they're just having a lot of innings for the bullpen to pitch, and the bullpen is deep. They mm-hmm. just had to work a lot. Mm-hmm. So now that they're having that they had to work a little bit, they're not used to the uh, game situation. It's a little wake-up call for them, but I think they'll be better going forward. I think getting a little bit of more work this weekend uh, in a game type of situation helped them. But uh, a lot of that was a little rust for the bullpen, not having to come in and pitch a lot. The guys who did, like an aunt, did pretty well, but the other guys just hadn't had much time on the mound. And that's a byproduct of the fantastic starting pitching that you've seen from Southern Miss. All right, Heath Hinton, now comes the time. Tell us who's going to play in the championship game. On Sunday, and who's going to win the 2021 Conference USA Baseball Tournament? Oh, wow. No, if I can pick. I, let's just say this. I think it's a very good chance that uh, Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech or uh, Charlotte, I mean, Southern Miss could play a Charlotte or Louisiana Tech could play Charlotte. I just think it, it's going to be fun to watch. I can just say that. I think Southern Miss has a good chance of being there. We can both agree on this, can't we, my friend, that this is a shining moment for Conference USA Baseball with four teams ranked in the top 21 of the country playing in this tournament. Yeah, as I said before, I think you're right, and all eyes in the country will be on this tournament see what happens. Besides the SEC and maybe the ACC, I don't know of a tournament that that may be better than this, to I be agree. honest with you. I don't know. Every game on ESPN Plus, so you can sit in your living room if you're not going to rust and you can enjoy every minute. Heath, we always enjoy our conversations with you. Uh, Look forward to uh, talking to you again next week, my friend. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation. Go-to place for Southern misinformation news. Between that and this show, there's really nowhere else you need to go. We'll be back. To the top. Hey, welcome back. I want to thank Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joining us. Also, uh, Paul Cabas, the uh, Senior Associate Athletic Director at Louisiana Tech. This segment sponsored by our good friends at D1 and DBAT. Great place to take your children is DBAT. If you've got a baseball or softball player in the family, if you're a weekend athlete of your own and you just want to get better shape, uh, D1 training would be state-of-the-art stuff for you. And uh, we would encourage you to do business in that state-of-the-art facility. Okay, well, Kelly Sander is at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Kelly, I had a, I guess you call it a nightmare last night. I, 
I, I dreamed you had been arrested. You were running. We were running down the uh, speedway nude, and they had arrested you for public nudity. And I, the thought was so alarming to me. I didn't sleep well the rest of the night. It's not true, correct? Uh, any further comment would have to come from the president, Bob. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. But you know, things happen up here. Uh, yeah, that's you know, what I hear. You know, yeah, the, the old phrase of what happens in Vegas stays in it's It originated here in Indianapolis. You know, a, a friend of mine's ex-husband comes up here every year, and I said, you didn't like him traveling. And she said, no, I didn't. His traveling, I didn't mind. It was the pit stops they made. Right. I, I didn't want well, now, let, let me tell our listeners that you sent me a picture yesterday of your trailer, your mobile right. home. Right. Uh, that you have up there. I couldn't believe it, Kelly. I mean, it literally is beside the track. You must be able to hear the cars inside the trailer when the cars are running. Yeah, well, they're actually running now. They're, they do it for diabetes research. They do benefits where they take a, a two-seated Indianapolis car, and people for, I think, a $500 contribution or whatever, they, they go around the track in a two-seater at about 190 miles an hour. So, yeah, they're over there right now uh, working. You can uh, hear them? Can you hear yeah, sure can. And, I, and I'm looking, I'm sitting in my trailer, actually looking out the back window at the first turn. How about that? So, yeah, you saw, you saw yeah, how close saw. we are. And, and tomorrow, uh, three of the drivers, uh, including a former winner, Alexander Rossi, along with uh, uh, Connor Daly and James Hinchcliffe, we're going to be playing uh, Cornhole down on Main Street, um, having a big time. So actually we're going to hang out with some of the drivers tomorrow. So it should be fun. All right, we gotta, things, we got to get the news. So let's, uh, let's hear yeah. big news out of Rice University. Yeah, unfortunately, Matt Braga has been has been fired as coach of Rice. He's finishing up his third season. He was just a guest here on the Eagle Hour uh, a couple of weeks ago. Braga's team uh, did not make the Conference USA tournament this year. They finished with a 23-26 and 26 record. So where Texas A&M fired a coach yesterday, Matt Braga now of, of Rice in Conference USA, he also has been given his walking papers. Also along in college baseball, you really have to feel sorry for the Jackson State Tigers. They set a slack record this year, went all the way through league play undefeated during conference play. They were beaten by Southern of Baton Rouge in the championship of the tournament. Now there is thoughts that Jackson State, with only about six losses on the year, will not even get an invitation to the uh, postseason tournament. We'll see how that drama plays out. But, man, if that's the case, yeah, yeah, if if that's the case, that that certainly uh, needs to be changed. And finally, in college basketball, Bob, there are more reports surfacing that mid-major basketball teams are now canceling or are not going to play uh, Power 5 schools because they think that Power 5 schools are actually using their games against the mid-majors as free tryouts, if you will, for mid-major players who want to enter the transfer portal. They say it's the easiest way to see a player up close and personal, to see them in live action, and they say that they've got evidence that more and more players are, are doing this as a tryout and so they said, you know what, we're not going to be taken advantage of, and uh, therefore we're not going to play you. So the mid-majors kind of ri- rising up and flexing, you know, what muscle they do have against the Power Five. Worst worst decision we've seen from the NCAA in many years is this transfer situation where now there's no incentive not to transfer because you can play the next year. I just think that's a terrible decision, Kelly. Yeah, I do too. And and just but in this situation, you, you got a money situation where the mid majors would always play these power fives just to get the paycheck, right? right. But now mid majors are saying, look, we're going to have to forget the paycheck in order to keep our players. 
because the Power Fives can essentially pick whoever they want from whatever team they want, and there's no penalty whatsoever. So the mid-majors just say, we're not going to play into your hand. I can't say that I blame them. Uh, Rice University, not in the conference. You know, I guess it really hadn't dawned on me until you just said that, but uh, Rice not making the conference tournament, uh, you can understand with their great tradition how that would ruffle a lot of feathers. Yeah, Bob, but you, but you know, like we were talking about yesterday when when Coach Childress was let go at Texas A and M, as good and as tradition as some of these programs have, you're you're going to hit a sour note every once in a while, right? And I know that these guys get into this profession knowing that this is this is part of this is part of it, but to me, it's 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 an unfortunate you know part of it, um, but I'm sure they'll they'll land on their feet. The, the coaching profession in baseball. It's just as tight of a fraternity right. as it is in football or anything else. So. And you're right. He was just on the show. A great guy was, of course, at Tennessee Tech. He engineered that uh, super regional upset over Ole Miss several years ago. It's just amazing how fortunes can change uh, I, in I, the world I, of coaching. I'm always impressed with you, Bob, how you ne- you always remember when Ole Miss gets beat. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why. It just kind of pops up into my head. Yeah, you're I, good at that. I'm relieved <laughs> to know that the dream was nothing more than that, Kelly. So please continue to behave where you can continue to be on the show through the end of the week. But, but remember, I'm not denying nor confirming. I know. I'm going to call your lawyer as soon as I get off the air. Maybe he'll tell us. All right, Kelly Sander, everybody, from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I mean literally right by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He'll join us again tomorrow. Until then, Kelly Sander, Southern Miss. To the top, baby. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.